This episode is brought to you by Audi Canada. The Canadian Medical Association has partnered with Audi Canada to offer CMA members preferred incentive on select vehicle models. Purchase any new qualifying Audi model and receive an additional cash incentive based on the purchase type. Details of the incentive program can be found at audiprofessional.ca. Explore the full line of vehicles available to suit your lifestyle. The Audi driving experience is like no other. Reports of measles outbreaks are more and more frequent, and it sparked a lot of discussion about how to address this major public health problem. The solution is not simple and not clearly identified. I'm Dr. Kirsten Patrick, Deputy Editor for the Canadian Medical Association Journal. Today, I'm speaking with one of the authors of a commentary on the measles outbreak, published in CMAJ. Dr. Natasha Crowcroft is Chief Science Officer for Public Health Ontario in Toronto. She co-authored the commentary with Dr. Shelley Bolletin. Dr. Crowcroft has joined me from Toronto to explain what she thinks needs to happen to address the measles outbreaks. Natasha, first, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, So I'm a physician. I've been working in public health, uh, specialised in vaccines for about 20 years. Um, I'm also Chief Science Officer at Public Health Ontario, a professor uh, at the University of Toronto, um, an adjunct scientist at ICES, and I'm the director of the Centre for Vaccine Preventable Diseases at the University of Toronto. So you've most certainly been keeping a close eye on the measles outbreaks. Is the situation as bad as most media reports make it out to be? We're in a really difficult situation um, in terms of measles. And I, the, one of the reasons is not just jobs I have. I'm also an expert for the World Health Organization. And I, I sit on a, a number of their committees and go to uh, parts of the world where um, people are trying to get measles under control. Um, and we have a huge issue globally. Immunization coverage is, is flat at 85%. And this is resulting in massive outbreaks occurring. And uh, as we put in our in our commentary, measles was increased. WHO reported measles increased by 300% in the first quarter of 2019. So we do have a big issue. That is absolutely staggering. So the, the solution, the obvious solution is immunize more people. But in your article, you explain that the issue is more nuanced than that and solving the problem more complex. Can you explain a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the the very first response to, you know, the solution is everyone needs to get vaccinated is, uh, you know, from a perspective of living in a country like Canada, actually everyone can't get vaccinated. Uh, children under one routinely don't get the measles vaccine um, in the measles, mumps and rubella combined vaccine. Um, we don't routinely give it on, under 12 months of age. We can give it early, but it doesn't work quite as well. Um, so we don't normally give it for, for those young kids. And they're really at risk if they get exposed to measles. And then there's a whole bunch of people, increasing numbers of people have complex immune problems, are living, having um, had, the, they've got, they've had chemotherapy for cancer or they've got some, a complex immune problem um, that's being treated with, with, I mean, it's great that people are, are managing to survive with diseases they never used to be able to survive with and they, they can't be vaccinated. So the very first response to that, you know, get everyone vaccinated is that there are lots of people who can't be vaccinated. Um, But then beyond that, it is more complex. Measles is incredibly infectious. It spreads really, really easily. And in order to stop it spreading, we need 
essentially a perfect immunization system. It, we need to get nearly 100% coverage. Like anyone who is healthy should be immunized as soon as they, they're old enough to be immunized. And to do that is a major, major challenge anywhere, in Canada or in any other country. So um, we're not living in a world anymore where we can just tell people to do things. The social media has changed the landscape totally. Physicians can't just say, oh, this is what I recommend. Just, you know, get your kids immunized. It, it works for some, some parents, but it doesn't work for a lot of parents. So the world has changed, making it even harder to achieve the kind of immunization coverage we actually need to control measles. In your article, you say that people who refuse to get vaccinated are not solely to blame for the problem. Why is it that we shouldn't only be targeting anti-vaxxers? So there's been an awful lot of media attention on, on anti-vaxxers and that whole blame mentality or the, you know, the narrative of blaming people isn't very uh, constructive anyway. So I, you know, I, I have a problem with that whole approach. I think there are often little pieces of truth in, that are scattered within an awful lot of material in the anti-vaxxer kind of community that is frankly just wrong. Um, uh, but people who are against immunization, and many are just are just worried. They're not necessarily totally against immunization, and we need to be listening and, and trying to figure out where they're coming from. So uh, on one, one level, I think the whole blaming approach is just not very useful. It certainly doesn't convince anyone if you get angry with them and tell them that, that they're stupid. That's not an effective strategy. So there's that piece of it. And then, as I was saying earlier, I think you know, the world has changed, and, and, and we can't just tell people what to do anymore. So so there's a level at which we have a responsibility to change the way we approach immunization and provide the information people are asking for and convince people really. I mean I mean if somebody's worried then they need to trust their healthcare provider and their healthcare provider needs to have the information and tools they need to answer the questions. And I, I think there is an, an issue amongst healthcare providers themselves, which we need to address. Like, I think we need to look at ourselves and say, well, for example, are our residents being trained well enough to have the tools to be able to answer parents' questions? And, and we know very well there's an issue with healthcare. Some healthcare providers themselves don't trust vaccines. We have, we struggle to get flu vaccine uptake high enough amongst, um, hospital workers, for example. So, you know, we can't really turn around and blame um, parents who are anti-vaccine if healthcare providers themselves are, are asking questions. So I think, you know, there's a, there are a lot of pieces to that. So when I read the articles about, about you know, anti-vax being the, the whole problem, I think it really doesn't reflect what's going on. Um, it doesn't, doesn't do justice to some of the things we could do to try and address that particular issue. But then going beyond that, we have fundamentally... A, and, and taking a global perspective, we have a, a systems issue. Even if we didn't have the anti-vaxxer community, we would still have a real issue reaching some people. Um, just because measles is such a hard disease to control, because you need such high coverage. Uh, so I think putting all the onus on the anti-vaxxers is missing a, a key bit of the problem. In response to an earlier question, you alluded to the fact that this is a global problem and you're an advisor to the WHO. So we see context where there is perhaps subpar immunization in many countries beyond North America, um, beyond pockets of poor immunization within Canada. 
How much does that affect measles prevention and how much does it impact on outbreaks here in Canada? At the moment, measles is eliminated, it's still officially eliminated in Canada, but we, we, we have importations happening all the time. So the simple answer to the question of how much does it affect is hugely all the measles that's coming to Canada is being bought from somewhere else. And until we can control measles everywhere, we're going to carry on seeing measles coming to Canada. And if there are any unvaccinated pockets or groups, communities, they're going to remain vulnerable. So it's really in our own self-interest to try and figure out how to um, get measles under control in other countries. Um, and, the, and if you look at where measles is a big issue in the rest of the world, countries like India, countries like the Philippines, there have been big outbreaks in China. You know, these are countries that are very, very closely linked to Canada. So, um, you know, we, we really do need to be supporting those countries to get measles under control there. We can't just say, okay, we're okay. You know, it's just going to keep coming here until, until it's controlled everywhere. Now, some countries are making tremendous progress. India's been doing some amazing work um, to move forward there. Uh, their immunization program they're they're immunizing millions of children which is which is amazing um there's still work to be done but uh, i was at a meeting recently um where i was hearing what they're beginning to achieve there and it is just phenomenal but there are other countries that are going backwards uh, the philippines has had a huge issue with trust in vaccines and um, there have been some heartbreaking stories of measles outbreaks and deaths in children there uh, because Parents, because of the dengue vax issue, they um, they got very concerned about vaccines in general and don't trust, didn't trust in the measles vaccine either. So didn't get their kids vaccinated. Now they have these massive outbreaks. If you look at Venezuela, which is a little bit closer to home, Venezuela had eliminated measles, and in less than two years they lost their elimination status with this massive outbreak that spread to countries all around, including Brazil, where there's been an even bigger outbreak. Um, and so, you know, we have measles not that far away from us with communities here in Canada who are closely linked with those communities elsewhere. Venezuela is a really interesting example where, you know, it just shows you how much this is a systems issue. If you have a breakdown in the political system and the social system, then your immunization programs fall to pieces. And, and it happens so quickly with measles because it's so infectious. Just in two years, and they were back to a level of no control for the, the disease, which is a real warning a warning sign to everyone. You have to keep up your vigilance. We all have to keep up our vigilance. So you were saying that um, officially Canada still has eliminated measles. Do you think that we're at risk of losing that status? I, I've got tremendous faith in, in the Canadian, uh, in Canadian parents and Canadians and in the Canadian healthcare systems that are delivering really fairly good immunization coverage. But when you look at the national figures, they're not good enough. They're not high enough. We're not reaching our targets. So we are at risk. Currently, we're not seeing these huge outbreaks. But if you look south of the border to the USA, you know, they are getting very close to losing their elimination status with the big outbreaks that are happening there. And, um, and these, the amount of money that's being, being given to the anti-vaccine movement and supporting these individuals who are just, you know, campaigning against the vaccine in a way that I just find astonishing. Um, it's very hard now. 
you'd asked me a year ago, I'd have said, well, we'll figure it out. We're going to sustain elimination. When I see what's happening in the USA, I never thought they would be losing their elimination status. And I'm now watching them thinking, if they lose their elimination status, then I think um, Canada is going to have to really think very hard about how, how you know, where we go with this. The, the other thing Canada has going for it, which I really, I really admire, is the fact that politicians haven't got involved in Canada. There's a really non-partisan support for immunization. Every political party will speak up and support vaccines that, so far. Like, I haven't heard anyone say anything against vaccines in a way that, in the way that you've seen in other countries, including the country I was born in, in the UK, where um, politicians have got involved in immunization and have not been very helpful in that regard. Here, we've had that, you know, when there's been an issue, people have spoken out from government in a positive way. So I think that really helps. And you see in the States that hasn't happened either. And that has had a bad outcome. So I think you know, there's a lot of positives in Canada, but I don't think we can afford to be complacent. What else do you think measles outbreaks reveal? One of the things that I think is really interesting, and this is maybe a, a global perspective as well, is uh, the fact that measles, measles outbreaks often occur in the poorest communities, and they reveal gaps in immunization systems in groups, for example, migrant populations, refugees, um, groups that are excluded from society, marginalized in some way, or just or, or whole countries that are very, very poor. And so measles shines a light on, on inequity in a way that um, is very obvious to people. And I, I think that's interesting because there's a lot of debate and a lot of discussion at a global level about how do we get universal access to health care, how do we address inequity in health. And so if we can actually fix measles, if we can reach people with vaccines, we're, we're not just me- reaching them with vaccines. You know, if, if we're reaching children um, at all, then it's another opportunity to give them other health interventions to make sure they're being looked after, to reach their mothers, uh, to reach their families, to reach other siblings in the family. So um, many of us who work in measles are not just thinking about measles, we're thinking about how can we use the fact that measles is a kind of canary in the coal mine it's been described as, where it tells us that there's an issue. If we have an outbreak, we know we've got an issue here and we're not reaching people. You know, it's telling us we have to do something. How can we use it to make our healthcare system stronger? In this conversation so far, we've heard about many of the factors that come into play to create measles outbreaks. What do you think we should be doing now? What's the best approach from here on in? I think the best approach depends where, where you are. Um, from a Canadian perspective, we have uh, we have some issues with our healthcare system not being terribly integrated and not having very good information about what's going on. So I think we could um, definitely improve the information we have. You know, if you're running a supermarket, you need to know how many people have bought baked beans this week so that you can restock the shelves. Um, in immunization, we don't have as good timely information on who's been immunized, when and where. Um, and, and with the, you know, the new electronic world, we have electronic medical records, there should be ways of, of improving our systems to make sure we have better, uh, better information coming in and that we feed that information back to people to say, hey, you know, hey guys, these guys haven't been immunized, you know, what are you going to do about it? So there's a whole sort of information piece, which again, speaks to how we can strengthen the system. I think there's a huge gap in terms of healthcare provider 
training um, on immunization, the whole field of immunization. I mean, people shouldn't be coming out of their nursing training or their medical training without a thorough understanding of how vaccines work and, and how we know they're safe, why we know they're safe and why, why we know they're effective. So there are gaps there that I think we need to fill. And those extend into continuing professional development for people as well, for the people who are out there trying to answer um, answer parents' questions. I mean, it, it's tricky to, to stay up to date. You know, healthcare providers have a huge amount to keep up to date with these days. And so knowing everything that's happening in, in immunization when it's changing all the time, that, that is a challenging thing to do. So um, I, I, that's one of the things we want to do at, at the Dalalana School of Public Health Toronto is try and strengthen the training that the healthcare providers um, have access to, uh, both the people who are going through the system, so residents and, and other healthcare providers who are in training, and then people who are who are trained. Um, we also um, need to sustain that political support that we have in Canada, but try and build it elsewhere and address those issues. I think you know if if. Wherever possible, we can keep politics out of this area. That's the best. But where it is there, then, then I think public health leaders need to engage with those political leaders and try and get them on side. There's a whole raft of uh, people working on trying to address vaccine hesitancy. Um, social media is, you know, some of the social media companies have been trying to do something about the negative information that's out there, and um, Organizations and journals like uh, CMAJ can do a lot to try and promote good and positive information about vaccines to try and address vaccine hesitancy. But it's a you know it's a big it's a big task. Uh, you know it's a full time task just trying to engage with social media. I dabble, but you know I think anybody who's doing it all the time has a full time person helping them. So you know I'm not sure how to uh, how to address that, but I know. Positive voices in social media have got to be there and got to be loud. And you know, there are some there are some good materials coming out, and a lot of people working on this. So I'm I'm expecting there to be progress uh, in that area uh, soon. You know, I have a lot of faith in most parents do the right thing. They trust their healthcare provider, they listen, and they get their kids immunized. So you know, I don't want to overstate that there's a huge issue, but measles is the one disease that's going to tell us where we have any gaps at all. So I know action has to be taken to prepare us for the future and well for the present where we're, you know, many healthcare providers are facing recurrent challenges trying to persuade their, their, their patients to get immunized. Um, and I, I think we need to do a better job of, of persuading our own healthcare providers you know, to have confidence in vaccines and um, that's an ongoing piece of work as well. You know, it's not there are other vaccines than flu vaccines. We tend to talk about the flu vaccine all the time, but you know, healthcare providers need to make sure they've had their measles vaccine as well. Um, and so that's an opportunity to really get healthcare providers on side and get more of them being champions for immunization. I recently watched a video of a, a Filipino woman who'd lost both of her children to measles in the recent outbreak. And you watch something like that and it just is heartbreaking because it's so unnecessary. Um, those sorts of videos, I think, really convince people more than any amount of scientific data. 
Thanks for that really comprehensive answer. So something I wanted to touch on in what you said there was about um, healthcare providers knowing about their immunization status and getting immunized. And uh, I think new information that some healthcare providers may not be aware of is a recommendation for some adults who were immunized in a certain decade to be re-immunized. I wonder if you could comment on how adults need to check their immunization status for measles. So there has been some advice recently that if you've, you need to check when you were vaccinated as well. So it's not just about your records, but when. In some periods of time, people only had one dose when they should really have two. So they'll need an extra. But earlier on, in some provinces in Canada, uh, an inactivated vaccine was used, which doesn't work quite as well. So for that group, an extra dose of the, the more um, recent live vaccine is being recommended. So, you know, check with your own doctor, check your records and, um, you may need another dose or you may not do, depending on what you've had in the past. Um, the thing about the measles vaccine in particular, or any live vaccine, is that the rates of adverse events actually go down with the number of doses that you receive. Because it's a live vaccine and there's a tiny amount of the live vaccine viruses in, in a dose of MMR or MMRV, which is a measles, mumps, rubella and varicella vaccine. Um, there's really, really small amount of virus in there. So if you have any antibody at all, the, the vaccine gets neutralized. And so we don't really have any concerns about if somebody is unsure having a dose, an extra dose. So, yeah, you should know your status. And if you don't, then the recommendation is to uh, just have another dose. It's actually simpler than having a blood test. We don't generally test for immunity. It's, it's simpler just to have another vaccine. Thank you for joining me today, Natasha. This was really informative. Well, thanks so much for interviewing me today. I've been speaking with Dr. Natasha Crowcroft, Chief Science Officer for Public Health Ontario in Toronto. To read the commentary she co-authored, visit cmaj.ca. Also, don't forget to subscribe to CMAJ Podcasts on SoundCloud or a podcast app, and let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating. I'm Dr. Kirsten Patrick, Deputy Editor for CMAJ. Thank you for listening.